0: Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. My name is Rich Velotis, I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. And as always, I'm with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder of New Life as well as the founder of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Now, we're in a series of podcasts looking at uh, content and themes from the book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And uh, today we're going to talk about the theme of leading out of your marriage or singleness. This is a chapter uh, that convicts me most of the time, Pete. Uh, in the book, you have four uh, inner pilings or, or four roots out of which leadership flows. And this one is second on your list here. This is pretty high. When we think about leadership, at least when I think about leadership and what I've uh, the conferences I've been to, uh, the notion of marriage and singleness being connected to leadership this high, really, I, you don't really see it. Why did you... Uh, put this number two really high on your list of leadership. It's a good question, right? <laughs>
1: um, I think two. I, I think two reasons. One is theology. Once we had our own encounter with God through our marriage, we is when I realized, oh my goodness, like none of my formation ever addressed our marriage mm. uh, or our singleness or our sexuality it was never just never talked about. All the leadership conference, all the seminary. And so the understanding was kind of like, okay, you know, you're a leader, you know, build the church, advance the kingdom, and your marriage will be fine. You know, seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added on to you, including your marriage will be great. And uh, it was kind of like, you know, your marriage is for the sake of doubling your ministry for God. That was kind of the mentality that I had, I think most of us had. So uh, the church and ministry was first, and the marriage was second, unless it was a crisis. Mm-hmm. And no one ever asked about it. It was just kind of assumed everything's going to be fine and everything was not fine yeah. for us. And then we had an encounter with God, Jerry and I, in 1996, in our marriage that we knew was God, it was kind of like I was blind but now I see. And it launched us on a journey of theological journey first and then practical of working it out. And I think now we've seen the last almost, oh my gosh, how many years now, almost 20 years, that the quality of a, mm. of a leader's marriage or singleness is a direct indicator of the quality of their leadership, that you cannot separate the two.
0: And what you're saying is regardless of what the numbers say, you're saying right now, that's a bold statement, that the quality of your marriage or your singleness determines the quality of your leadership. Yes. So you're saying that if someone does not have a high-quality marriage or they don't see, have a high-quality, they're not living out their single knife yes. in a way, but their church is growing rapidly, what you're saying is there's a disconnect.
1: Yes, yeah, so let, let me just give a proviso here. In some cases, uh, if you're married, for example, and your spouse is uh, has to, makes their choices as well, right? So we, let's let's take that into account, that some spouses just are not situations where the spouse doesn't want to you know, be equipped and trained to have a great marriage that reflects the love of Christ. As you have to accept that. It doesn't mean you're, quote, disqualified by any means, but that you understand, at least theologically, that this is, you're putting energy into that. You're not right. running away from that painful marriage to leadership. Right. So I just want to give that breath. Yeah. In. But yeah. what I'm saying is that when Paul talks about, in 1 Timothy 3, 8, that he says one of the qualities or requirements of being an, an overseer is that your house is in order. Uh, that, that there's the organism of your family or your personal life is in order because he knows that if you're gonna have a healthy organism, you're gonna develop here outside in the new family of Jesus. That assumes, you've, the requirement is that you've got your home life is a reflection of the health you're trying to produce outside. Yeah. So the problem is we have many folks who are single or married that have inner lives that are a lot of order and yet trying to grow healthy churches mm. and that, that then impact the world. And that's a disconnect.
0: Yeah. So in your book, you talk about this, um, the idea of vocation as marriage and singleness as a vocation. It's not something that you typically hear about, particularly evangelical circles. Uh, What do you mean by marriage as a vocation and singleness as a vocation?
1: Yeah, so vocation is the word for calling. And so we all have the same. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, we all have the first vocation, which is we're called to Jesus. He He is our, we're called to Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus. He's our life. That's my first vocation, I'm married to Jesus, all of us. Yeah. But we all have a secondary vocation, uh, our calling, which is marriage or singleness, in which we're living in right now. And so what's interesting, if you look at church history, uh, the, voca- the secondary vocation of marriage or singleness has always been a big issue for most of church history. So for the first 1500 years of the, t- of the church, if you really wanted to serve Jesus and be a leader, they pre- the preference was singleness. Mm. And so singles were in the front of the church, And married leaders were in the back of the church. But then after the Reformation, it was a reaction. Then it was, okay, if you're single, you go to the back of the church and marry people in the front of the church. And that's where we have lived really since the Reformation, most of the Protestant evangelical Pentecostal Mm. tradition. But both are critical. Married and singles are both needed to advance the kingdom. Married speak to the uh, the depth of the love of Christ because they make a vow to love just one person well. Uh, singles speak and bring the breath of the love of Jesus. And they're able to, because they're not limited by a vow, they're able to offer themselves to a wider number of people and show the love of Christ. So we need both marriages and singleness that are healthy to inform our churches from our leadership to build healthy communities that, again, transform the world.
0: Yeah. So let's take both of these uh, items separately, marriage and, and, and singles. So... Um, th- this is a, a, a really powerful theological vision. What does it mean to lead out of your marriage? Um, help us understand, you know, yeah. you're, you're married, now you're leading out of that reality. Yes. What's that mean?
1: So if you're married, uh, you made a vow to love this one person the rest of your life. Yeah. And I like to compare it to a monastic vow. A person makes a vow over a six to eight year period to be a monk in a community and they go through a whole process, but once they make that vow, their entire life is informed by their vow to be a a monk. Uh, Every decision, every priority. Now, if if you're married, you made a vow to marry one person and to love them totally, freely, faithfully, fruitfully the rest of your life. That was a vow. That means every decision you make from that point forward is informed by that vow. So I I don't say, oh, I'm a a Christian leader and I'm married. Mm -hmm. No, I say, I lead out of my marriage. It's very, very different. So um, it means things like this. If I'm married, my marriage is my first, I like to say, ambition. Uh, Paul gives a theology of marriage that's so profound in Ephesians 5.32 where he says, he's talking about husbands and wives, and then he says, oh yeah, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then he says, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Because Paul can't separate earthly marriage of male and female from this understanding of the marriage of Jesus in the church. And so if I'm married, I have made a vow that my first ambition is first to build a great marriage that reflects the love of Jesus. It's mm. not to build new life for me. It's, it's my relationship with Jerry out of which we offer the love of Jesus to the world. And so therefore, I've got to put time, energy in that. I've got to learn to be married. We don't know how to be married. We know what our parents did. Mm. And what's interesting, I think of the, I went to two excellent theological schools, I went to all the best leadership conferences for years, we never talked about the leader's marriage. It was mm. never addressed. And so here I was at that point, 17 years a Christian, and my marriage was not that different than my parents. We were committed, we loved each other, or we didn't know how to love each other, but we never even got trained. Mm. So first, marriage is your first ambition. And then secondly, marriage is your first passion as a leader, and again, God's passionate, his love for us is not just loyal. We're into commitment in the church. I'm committed to our spouse, but we're not so much into passion. Mm-hmm. God's love for us is both committed, it's loyal love, but it's also passionate love. Yeah. He dances over us, he kisses us, he, you know, he, he delights in us. It's, it's a passionate love that sent him to the cross. So we pray for passion, we cultivate passion in our marriage. Again, most of the time we're passionate for the church, and then we got a little bit left over. We go passion for the wife right. or husband. Right. And you're uh, saying that should be it's reverse. My first yeah. passion is my spouse, and then lastly, my marriage. If I'm married, is a sign and wonder for Christ. It, it's a pointer. It, 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 it. People can look at our marriages, and there's a love here that's out of this world. It's the closest thing to the love of the of the Trinity itself. Where because our love as a married couple has a sexual dimension. We're naked with each other. Uh, I'll I'm, I'm only do that with one person on the whole earth. I'm more than brother or sister. We're more than coworkers. We're, we're more than best friends. Uh, you know, we are lovers. We're, 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 we are loving each other so deeply that people can taste something of the love of Jesus. And they say, wow, like, what is that? Yeah. And so we, as the body of Christ, are called as, as leaders to model the best marriages out there. And uh, so for me, I'm just like, practically for me, what does that mean? It means, listen, I'm Mr. Distractability. So it's praying every day for passion. It's thinking about Jerry. Uh, it's making what's important to her important to me. Um, it's touching her at church. That hey, I'm still thinking about you. Might grab her hand. So it's those kinds of things yeah. that are big.
0: Every time we talk about, it, I have an urge to just like stop this and just text my wife because I'm just like, oh God, you know, help me here. Uh, but that's what a beautiful theological vision. Now, talk about leading out of your singleness. Yep. So, uh, why do you think this is really talked about, and, and what do you what does it mean to lead out of your singleness
1: yeah again, I think it's rarely talked about if you look at church history it 's because of history hmm. and it 's the reaction of the Reformation, and so we 're uncomfortable with it yeah. and I think often we 're uncomfortable with our own many leaders are married, and because we 're not even comfortable with our own talking about our own sexuality, our own marriage stuff that we haven't thought about it theologically, or even talk helping singles. So, to lead out of your singleness uh, requires again a few things. One is I need to be intentional about the kind of single that I am. So there's two types of singles. There's what we call vocational celibates and dedicated celibates. Now, vocational celibates comes out of Matthew 19, verse 12, where Jesus mentions about certain people are called to be eunuchs, or they're called to be celibate. They celibate. They renounce marriage. He says. Because of the kingdom of heaven, we forget Paul was a, a vocational celibate. Jesus was a vocational celibate <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <laughs> my gosh and so there are a few, very few yeah who are, feel called to skip the sign of marriage and go right to our marriage to Christ and because uh, there's no marriage in heaven and uh, they live out of that place. We know we had one person, our staff who's out you know really discerning that right now for her life but the large majority of leaders uh, that I meet are dedicated celibates, which means that I'm not sleeping around, I'm not giving my body to people because I'm married to Christ. So they're dedicated celibates. Now, as long as they remain unmarried, the large majority would like to meet somebody, but they haven't yet, mm-hmm. and so they, they live in that place. So again, for for singles, what that means is a, a healthy singleness, if I'm, if I'm a single leader, a healthy singleness is my, my first ambition and priority. And so I'm, I'm building a community, mm-hmm. I'm taking care of myself, I'm making sure that I'm living a healthy life in terms. Of I've got delight. I've got fun. My whole life is not work. I think of one young lady that I mentioned actually in the book, named Emily, who was committed. Her life was committed to a loving union with Jesus. Uh, she was she had been praying for her husband for many many years, uh, and her surrendering to God's will and love as she was you know waiting and all that was a real struggle. And I recount that, but she talks about how God used that to shape her mm. and. But her devotion to self-care enabled her to really have a tremendous ministry of, and continues to, to this day, of mothering others in the faith. But singles also need to make their singleness, uh, in a sense, as a sign and wonder yeah. for Christ, and and so they're they're investing in community and health. And I think of one fellow again. I, he's a he's a pastor in a large city, just, had moved there recently. But he's very intentional about his singles. He very he's in his mid forties. Would like to meet someone. Hasn't happened yet. But He's, he's creating community. He even talks about his dog when he first moved. he got a dog you know for friendship so he can meet other people with dogs in the park and, uh, but was very has been very intentional about not being ashamed of being single or being seen as feeling like I'm second class, mm. but talking about it openly and learning to bond well with other people. And so uh, both married and singles to lead out of their singleness is a radical in yeah. you know, our culture today yeah. is countercultural and radical and a great gift that we yeah. can offer. So
0: In closing here. As we think about marriage, it's about singles, what's just one word of uh, direction, encouragement for married couples? Because, again, we're connecting this to leadership. Yes. And one word of encouragement for singles.
1: Yeah. So I think if you're married uh, and you're a leader, I would say that you want to think through, first of all, uh, looking at your life and your priorities and saying, am I giving mm-hmm. my spouse and... our marriage, the kind of time and energy it deserves and that you're actually prioritizing marriage. Your spouse doesn't feel like you left them out and you're leading out of your marriage. That's number one. But then secondly is you wanna get equipped on how do we have a great marriage that reflects something of the love of Jesus. Uh, Very few of us have ever had equipping. So you wanna search that out and take initiative uh, for that. If you're single, I'd say in in a similar fashion, you wanna be really clear about the kind of single you are and be intentional. And so the large majority of you are are dedicated celibates, which means you're very—you'd like to be married someday, perhaps, or you're open to being married, but you're for Christ, for, for Jesus Christ, in His sake. You're not giving your body to people. You are—you wake up every day and you are uh, uh, single for Christ. You're a single celibate, and so you offer yourself to Him and to other people, and so you want to make sure that you're doing healthy self-care. Uh, you're building some community around yourself, people you can really be you know close to, uh, but you don't let yourself be like oh. You're single, so you can do the extra work. No, you want to make sure that you're building a life outside of your work that nourishes your soul for the long term, and you're modeling uh, for married and singles a healthy singleness for Jesus. Uh, and you're not, you don't feel second class. You don't, you, don't let your, you don't let people perhaps cause you to feel second class or shame you into being second class, but that you let it be your loudest gospel message for Christ.
0: Yeah. That's great. And so for more information on leading out of your marriage and leading out of your singleness, you can go to our website, EmotionallyHealthy.org, for more information. Pete, until next time.